Welcome to Keeping Balance, the podcast that brings the lived experiences of our health and fitness journeys to the forefront as we dive deep into the many nuances of what wellness and balance is. I'm your host, Courtney Babilia, a fitness nurse, business owner, and mom of two. And if you want to feel heard and gain wisdom on your path to aligning physical fitness with mental health and joy as a woman, then you're in the right place. Hi friends, today I have a very special guest on the show, Cassandra Babilia. And yes, Babilia as in my last name. In addition to being my sister-in-law, Cassandra is a career coach and culture leader in tech. From leaving the CIA after eight years and finding her spark again to starting her own career coaching business, Cassandra has so much wisdom to share about the intersection of career choice and mental health and how to get started if you know your career isn't in alignment and so much more. This conversation brought so much light to how multifaceted health really is and how you own the power to make radical decisions for yourself, even if they're scary. I hope you enjoy the episode. Now let's get to it. So anyway, welcome. I'll just officially welcome you to the Keep and Balance podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. And is this the part where I tell you what day of my cycle and which menstrual phase I'm in? Oh, I would love to know. Tell everyone. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a great segment. Hi, my name's Cassandra and I am currently in my menstruation phase. Excellent. Love, which, love a good menstrual phase. <laughs> by the way, so I was listening to my favorite podcast and it's a political comedy slash like uh, fun show. I don't know. What's the kind of show where they do like games and, and I have challenges no and stuff? Variety show. It's a political comedy and variety show. And I swear to God, a couple weeks ago on this political comedy show, they did a, a quiz section on the four phases of the menstrual Stop. cycle. And I legit got up out of my chair and was like, I know these. Oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so, so incredibly random, like just as much random as like a career coach being like, I'm in my menstrual cycle. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, menstrual cycles are going mainstream. I'm all about it. <laughs> they are. Oh they my are. gosh. Well, on that note, um, well, I'm happy to talk and excited to talk about all things mental health in terms of your career, because not only have we both personally experienced a couple of like career 180s, but you're also the expert in the matter being a career coach. So this is going to be fabulous. That feels that like gives me chills. No, when someone calls me an expert, but then I'm like, okay, Cassandra, take it. That's the imposter syndrome. This is called imposter. Over. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Imposter syndrome, <laughs> rearing its ugly head again. Yep, we all feel it. <laughs> no, so, but you are. Well, okay. So thank you. And remind myself. Yes, yes, I am. I do know what I'm talking about. Um, I was actually invited into a pretty small, like, intimate team meeting yesterday. It was a group of women who are in tech, and they were like, "We want you to come and just talk about." owning your career and your your story is so empowering and we just want to like hear from you and so of course I was like well absolutely sure that sounds that sounds awesome and it gives me a reason to like write down my lessons learned which have just been kind of percolating in my head for the past how old am I I don't know 15 years <laughs> give me an opportunity to write it down on paper and distill it into like digestible bullets which is cool yeah but I feel again like- it's like and then they're like, hey, that was really great and was, you know, so helpful for us. I feel like a lot of times the, the lessons learned kind of just sit in our bodies as like generalized feelings or, you know what I mean? And then to put it into words, sometimes you're like, man, 
that's deep. Like that's intense. And I've been just sitting with this for 15 years. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, right. you, so you've had a couple of career shifts, but I feel like the one that's really juicy is the one where you pieced out from the agency, because not only is being a female in the CIA, like badass, but it's also equally as badass to be like, mm, this isn't doing it for me. <laughs> like, Bye. So I would love, 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 love to hear that story. Cause it's just, it is empowering. Like you said, it's just so cool. Yeah. So I, I joined the CIA when I was just 22 years old. It was my second real job out of college. My first real job was teaching uh, English first in Italy and then to first graders in, in my hometown. And so I got to the CIA at 22. It was like, send me anywhere in the world. I want to travel. I want to learn languages. I want to go do cool stuff. Like this is a, it's, it's a very mission, obviously it's a very mission driven organization. Yeah. Um, and so you get in and you, you drink the Kool-Aid and, and I did, I got to travel all over the world and do really cool stuff and make amazing friends. I also experienced some horrific things in my time there. Um, I was there for a total of eight years and three years in, I remember telling colleagues and peers of mine that I was having a quarter life crisis, <laughs> that I, I knew something was wrong. And then it took me another five years to actually leave. Classic. 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 Yeah. Yes. I mean, was there a breaking point or was it just the, I mean, over the past eight years, you were like, eh, I think it's my time. Uh, I felt like there were so many breaking points just over and over and over again that whittled me down into this shell of myself. And the final straw came when I was um, just about to turn 30. So I was 29. I got my annual review back and I didn't get promoted again. It's like glowing review. You're doing great. We love we love what you do. And you're just a bit much. So hmm? we don't think you're ready. I'm sorry. What? And I looked at my, I looked at my like retirement calculator. So if I had continued on doing what I was doing, I could have retired at 50 years old. So I looked at my retirement calculator and it said, you can retire in 20 years and three months. And I turned off my computer and said, absolutely not got in my car, drove over to the, the main building to talk to my career, like career guidance counselors, basically our HR people to tell them that as soon as possible, I was resigning. As soon as I could find a new job, that was it. I was out. I was done. Oh my gosh. What does that even and, mean? You're a bit too much. What? Well, this is the kind of BS that women hear all the time. Yeah. We get feedback about our personality and our tone and you're just too much. And so instead of being, uh, confident called confident you're bossy or you're right. full of yourself yeah because the same qualities in a man would be applauded right you're right, forward exactly. thinker and a leader <laughs> a woman's a forward thinker and a leader and they're bossy oh my gosh so then what happened next How, where did you find your groove after that well it took me eight months to find a new job <laughs> Hey. So I sat, I sat in my, my role and I, I remember I was like, look, I'm going to do amazing things while I'm still here. I'm going to continue to be amazing. You've said on my, my review that I'm awesome. I'm going to continue to be awesome. And then I'm just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I, um, it took me a while to get the like the logistics down. 
I didn't have a, I didn't have a real resume. Um, so I had a, and, and that took some extra like approvals to be able to write a resume that I could share with the outside world. Um, I didn't have a LinkedIn. Mm. I didn't really have a network outside of the agency. All of my professional experience had been really at the agency. So my entire professional network was at the agency. And so I spent, uh, it took me three months to get a resume that I could share. And then I spent five months just sending it freaking everywhere (laughs) and never hearing anything back. And the problem was, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what I was cut out for. Um, I didn't know what my transferable skills were. I didn't know half of the careers that were available out in the world. It was like, you grew up and you can become a doctor, you can become a lawyer, you can become a nurse, you can become a teacher. I wound up in the intelligence community as like family business. And that was it. Like I had no idea what other kinds of things people did in the world. Yeah. So I didn't know what I could do in the world. And it took until the beginning of May, 2016. And actually a former colleague of mine from the agency um, was working at Amazon. And he literally called me up and was like, yo B, I need help with this giant project. Um, I can get you a contract position for six months. The pay is going to be like, okay, it's going to be what you're making now. And, uh, but it'll get you a a foot in the door. I said, yes, sign me up. Because at that point, my goal was I will do anything but strip. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) two weeks later, I was out the door. Hey, hey. Talk about manifesting. (laughs) Manifesting. And nothing against stripping. Just not for me. Right. So it took uh, two weeks and I was out the door and I never looked back. Wow. Do you know the craziest part about that story is to me is the fact that you spent eight years giving your life to an organization and then you couldn't even put it on paper. Like that is wild to me. <laughs> so as I don't know if I can even ask that, but like, what do you, what do you put in place of what you did with the CIA on a resume? Like, are there special code words you have to like insert, you know, like, what does that even look like on a resume? That's super, it's super challenging, right? Because you can't, you can't share classified information. And even some things like exactly where I was is confidential and can't be shared. And so my resume when I left was super big, like real, real (laughs) big. And that's part of the challenge. Like, how do I convince other people that I can bring value to their team, to their organization, but I can't even write it down. I can't talk about what I've done. Yeah. So now my resume contains like a tiny little part that references that I spent eight years there. And and that's it. The rest of my resume is things that I've done since in the in the seven years since. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like thinking of the bullet points. Worked in a team with really important <laughs> goals. Like <laughs> it could almost be like a comedy skit of like interviewing for a new job after spending time with the CAA, like the vague stuff that you have to put in. Oh my goodness. Like, so that's actually one of the bigger challenges. Okay, so the, the way the government works and the way the corporate America, particularly tech works, are light years apart. Tech yeah. loves numbers. They love metrics. They love results. Government, they like longevity. And so okay. I remember during my first my first interview when I was converting from a contract position to a staff position at Amazon, <laughs> someone was like, it's a very Amazon thing to ask, you know, how did you measure success of something? Like, and they asked me, how did you measure success as a <laughs> the CIA? And I, I looked at him and I was like, I thought about it. <laughs> well, if no one died, 
I was just thinking the same thing. That was a that was a good day. Like that was success. Success. Same thing goes for nursing. If no one dies, it's a good day at the office. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. So you talked about how you just felt very early on that it wasn't aligned. Was that something that like felt like, was it this vague thing that you felt or did you have physical symptoms from the stress of it? Like, how can you tell if something isn't aligned to the point where you have to do something about it? Because you hear a lot like, you know, going to work sucks. You just got to suck it up. You know, it's not perfect, but you just got to stick it out. So how do you know if it's that case or if you need to do something about it? Yeah. So listening to your body, what is the biofeedback telling you? Um, there are absolutely physical manifestations of the stress of when you <laughs> you are placed in a, in a situation or you place yourself in a situation where you know that you shouldn't be there anymore. Yeah. You are not aligned. <laughs> your profession is not aligned with your purpose. For me, I had anxiety attacks for years. I, I didn't sleep. I had insomnia. I, um, I remember one point I couldn't open my phone. It was this iPhone like thumbprint days. Mm -hmm. I couldn't open my phone because I had picked at the skin around my my nails so much that the phone didn't recognize me. Oh my gosh. The stress of the job had literally changed my body and erased part of my identity. Literally. Very ironic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's like, I mean, I've seen jokes about that where your phone doesn't recognize your face because you've been crying and you're all swollen and stuff and it's like Mm -hmm. not recognized and you're like, no shit. But that actually happened to you with your thumb. That's Mm -hmm. insane. I mean, I would say that's a pretty obvious sign. (laughs) That's an obvious sign. Yeah. For sure. But I mean, you did it. I did it for a while. We we get these things and then we just sit on it for years sometimes. It will, we'll make it work. It will be better. Yeah. Next year. It will be better when I get that promotion or when I get to switch from nights to days or when I get to work a an eight hour shift instead of a 12 hour shift. We convince ourselves that we'll be able to make it work down the road and we need to trust our instincts when it's saying it's not going to work down the road. Yeah. And just make the decision we know we need to make now. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder why we do that. I mean, is it, do you think it's because like as a society we value loyalty or what is that about us that just wants to keep waiting and waiting and waiting? Is it because we're avoiding the discomfort of making a scary decision? We want to, what do you think that is? I think it's the human nature to never make a change because change is hard, change is scary. And the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, even though the devil you know still sucks. Yeah. And so it's the it's the fear of the change. It's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. And like you said, it sucks one way or the other. You know, you know what I was just thinking is that um, your wedding anniversary just passed and that sparked a memory of one year ago being at, I think we were at dinner and your dad was telling your sister-in-law about, oh, Courtney just reached 5,000 followers. We're so proud of her, blah, 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 blah. And I was like mortified, right? I was like, dang, I said, I'm like, this. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, but that was one year ago. And that was after a year of some pretty painful growth of social media. And so that time is going to pass no matter what. And so whether or not you're unhappy or you're uncomfortable trying to figure things out, that time still passes. So what do you have to lose when you make a decision or a big change? You know what I mean? Like what if in two years you're looking back and going, 
wow, like that was really worth it. Or you're looking back and saying, eh, maybe that wasn't the best decision. But either way, that time passes. Either way, you're deciding between uncomfortable, scary, or like this job is killing me, scary. You know what I mean? So kudos to you for actually making that shift when you did. Because I know so many people who will just outright say, this job is killing me. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, that scene, exactly. That scene from, I think it's, uh, Zoolander, where um, Will Ferrell's character is his head spinning, and he's like, "I feel like I'm taking crazy pills." <laughs> like that's what I hear and I see when people are like, "Oh yeah, this job is absolutely killing me inside." But you know, I'm gonna report back tomorrow. So if someone is thinking about making a jump to a new career, what do you think like needs to be in place? Like, is there a certain milestone you have to reach? Like, because I think security is a huge thing. Like, you, you can't just go fuck it and, you know, risk your safety or your security. So are there a couple of things that you feel like people or women in particular should kind of have taken care of before they shift? Or can we just be like, fucking walk out? I mean, some people are absolutely the leap kind of people. Yeah. I, I'm not. So um, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I, I gave notice and then spent eight months at a job I was like halfway out the door at. Right. Um, I think before you leave, before you decide to make that pivot, you need, you need to really do some soul searching and understand what it is that lights you up. And most people, when they get to, if they, if they grew up in America as a woman in particular, they'll get to their 30s and they've never spent any time thinking about what they actually like, what they actually find enjoyable, what they actually want to be when they grow up. Yeah. We're all operating off the same, you can be, Anything you want to be, as long as it is a doctor, lawyer, nurse, teacher, right. yeah. police officer. As long as it checks these boxes. <laughs> as long as it checks these boxes. And so we find ourselves into the middle of our lives, stuck in something that we probably wouldn't have chosen for ourselves if we'd give, been given half a chance. And so I like to tell people to think about think about what they value. Think about what they're excited about, what their passions are, and think about what their skills are and find the intersection between those three things. That's your purpose. You need to understand all of the things that you can bring to the table before you decide where you want to go next. Otherwise, you're most likely just going to land up in the same exact situation, just in a different company or a different team or a different organization. You're still going to be miserable. The things that are nagging at you now are going to be nagging at you then there too. Yeah. So I feel like that sounds like something you could just jot down on a piece of paper. I'm like seeing some graphs and like you have this like big purpose, but like, what if, what if you can't get to that purpose? Like what are some small steps that you can take to like start either crossing some stuff off your list? Cause once you realize you can do anything, I mean, it's a huge freaking world and the possibilities are endless. How do you start mm -hmm. figuring out like what might align versus what might not align? Like, is it a personality thing? Oh, hello, cat. Um, <laughs> where are some like small tangible steps that we can start? Cause it can be really overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you're, let's say you're an ER nurse mm -hmm. hey. and <laughs> you know that that's not for you. And you, you know, what you should be doing is something more along the lines of educating and building community. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go from ER nurse one day to Courtney keeping balance the next. And there's a, there's a lot of road in between those two phases of your life. 
But what you can do is you can find small ways to make work suck less where you are right now and where you're going. So one small thing that you can do is find ways that you can integrate small bits of your purpose in your current job. So for example, baby Courtney, baby ER Courtney, (laughs) I would have recommended that you maybe start taking on, take on a mentee, someone that you could work with and share some more of your brilliance, your insight with, feel like you're growing someone else because that's clearly a, a passion and a skill of yours. Something you probably could have done on the side and gotten a feel for, oh, okay, I know what this feels like. I feel like I'm helping someone. I'm also finding my voice. I know what my story is so that I can share it with others. Let's say that you are <laughs> you are working on Wall Street and finance and you feel like it's soul sucking and you want to have a, a better impact on the world. You can't quit your Wall Street finance job today because you've got a family to support. Okay. Yeah. Where are there some areas in your community where you can get involved with your community? Where can you give back in your community and see that difference on a small scale right now? Because what you're going to do is you're going to wind up building a network and cultivating a network of connections of people that see what you can bring to the table. And they're going to want more of that. The word is going to spread. You're going to feel more comfortable in that space. And slowly the ball starts rolling towards where you want to be going. You're bringing your purpose more in alignment with a profession that is not going to bring you quite so much dread than the one you currently have. That's brilliant. And it's so funny you said that like specific example with ER nursing, because that's literally what I did. Like on my way out, I was taking more of the preceptor role where I had new nurses and I was showing them the ropes and things like that. And that's where I was like, oh, wow, I really like this role of teaching and all that stuff. And I was like, well, maybe I'll go back to school and I'll be a nurse educator. And I was, and then I was like, but you know what? I don't want to be in a hospital. So it was this process of kind of finding the strengths and then whittling out the things that I didn't want. And then, you know, as life would have it, I'm put in this position where we move halfway, halfway across the country. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just not going to bother applying to another hospital because I know that's not the environment I want to be in. So that's, that was super cool. Mm-hmm. You're brilliant, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I was listening to your, your last episode about maintaining balance between being a mom building this business you've got and maintaining your health. And you said something and I was like, yes, you're like, it's still hard work. Yeah. There is a myth out there that if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And that is total bullshit because it's still work. Yeah. It's just work that brings you energy and joy instead of the knot in your stomach on Sunday when you're thinking about needing to get up and go do that thing you hate on Monday morning, but it's still work. And at the end of the day, the work is still going to be there and it's not going to be what tucks you in at night. It's not going to be there by your deathbed, but while you're living your life, doing your thing and making money, you might as well enjoy it. Totally. Yeah, I know. That's a big thing is like, I think this idea is sold to us and it's totally like romanticized on social media, but uh, it's like, once you find your dream job, like you never work a day in your life. You're just like on vacation all the time. la di da da Oh, you'll pick up your phone. You'll work an hour or two, whatever. And I'm like, I don't feel like that. Like I'm busting my butt right now, but I want to be, see, like, that's the difference is like, like you said, it's giving you a knot in your stomach, the physical manifest fantasy 
wow, hello words, the physical manifestations that I had going into work, it was that pit in my stomach, the anxiety, the the dread, the constantly checking my phone to see if maybe there was a chance they'd cancel me or push me back or whatever. It's like, it's the complete opposite now. I am like dying for a chance to get to my desk to the point where I'm like, okay, back off, back off. It's okay. You can take a break, but it's, it's such a refreshing change. And I think a feeling that we're all deserving of. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. You've been amazing. Where can we learn more from you? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn. My newsletter is called Make Work Suck Less. And you can also find me on my website, CassandraBabilia.com, which I think this is the only time in my life having the last name Babilia is going to be a benefit to me because people already know how to spell it. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that because (laughs) I say that last name and people are like, uh, what? Like, and I was actually at um, yoga the other weekend and someone was, they were taking roll call and they were like, Courtney Babble. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. I'm oh, like, they yep, said it kind of right. Kind of. What are the worst <laughs> ones you've gotten? Babble, Babylon, Babylon, Babylon. That's kind of cool. I would take that. Mm. <laughs> just the silence. I, I love just the silence. Yeah. Cassandra. Mm. 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 But, Cassandra. (laughs) Cassandra B. That's me. I'm here. But but hey, she she knew who I was. She was like, oh, I follow you on Instagram. And I'm like, maybe my like website needs to have like a pronunciation, whatever you call it, phonetic spelling. Say my name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my God, that's too funny. Well, um, I hear someone, either it's Keller Murphy saying mommy. So I need to go check on that. So good timing. Great timing. Thanks for having yep. me, Courtney. Of hey, course. Kat. Always a pleasure. Yeah, I know. Kat's been here for the past 10 minutes. I'm like, can you hear the purring? Because it's pretty intense over here. Okay. Well, we'll hop off then. Thank you so much. It was lovely to talk to you finally. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. Yeah, I'll see you on the FaceTime. Exactly. Or at least I'll see Murphy and Kelly on the FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, staring at Gabe. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, love you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. For more from me, check out my website at www.courtneykeepingbalance.com or join the fun on Instagram at Courtney Keeping Balance. And from there, you can sign up for my free newsletter or browse any of my free resources or courses. See you next time. Thanks for listening.